Well, hey, church. Oh, man, I hope that you enjoyed worship today. It was so good, so much fun. And I uh, pray that the message blesses you today. We're going to jump into the message now. And if we haven't met yet, my name is Jean-Michel, and I'm one of the pastors here at Victory. And it's such an honor to bring the word to you today. And if you've been with us a while and you've ever heard me preach, you know I love to tell stories. So today I have a story for you, as I always do. And this story, I'll tell you something. I have a lot of stories, a lot of stories from my childhood, a lot of things that have taught me lessons over the years. And at the time, maybe they weren't so great, but they helped me to learn things as I grew up. So we're going all the way back to when I was about 10 years old, right? So if, if you think of back to when you were about 10 years old, right? You're not a kid kid, but you're not an older kid. You're kind of in between a little bit. And at the time, I loved soccer, football, right? I loved it. I still love it to this day. Chelsea, if it's anything else, I don't care. The Lord will help you if you are into anybody else, especially not Liverpool, Whoever's into Liverpool, then we're going to have to talk after church. I'm obviously joking. Support whoever you want, but Chelsea is the best. Anyway, when I was a kid, I was a goalkeeper. Now, this is the funny part about me. I've always kind of tried to stretch beyond my means, right? Because I was the goalkeeper, but I was like the yay high. I was a tiny, tiny kid, right? And uh, I t it was so difficult. My, you can ask Pastor Lindsay, my mother. She, um, she always asked me the question, why do you want to be goalkeeper? But I love being goalkeeper. And, uh, and I worked hard at it. And I got pretty good at it as well, actually. And uh, so good that, in fact, I was the captain of the soccer club that I played for. And we went on a tour, a soccer tour, right? A tour. We, we just took a, a weekend and we went and played a couple of matches. It was really, really great. We got to go away as a team and we really got to, to uh, have fun together. And, uh, and being the captain, I thought I was the big shot, you know. I was, I, I was the man. I was the one everyone answered to. And, uh, and I was loving life at this point in time. And uh, we get to this place where we're going to play a match, and, and it's this huge community of people, and there's a soccer field kind of in the middle of the community, and, uh, and it's, it's one of the roughest pitches I've ever played on. If you've ever played on a, on a rough pitch with lots of dongas and holes and stuff, it's kind of difficult to play on. And, uh, and it, was a, it was an amazing game, and, and it was a lot of fun, but before we get to play the game, my coach comes to me, and, and, he, and he, he, he brings me with and we go to this like meeting between us and a whole bunch of the community members. These must have been, you know, leaders and, 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 and really high ups in the community there. And I had no idea what was going on, but I was excited and I was the captain. And we're standing there and we're taking photos and it's, and it's a whole bunch of fun. And then my coach says to me, all right, it's your turn to speak. Talk to the people. Just like that, no preparation, no warning, no nothing. I'm 10 years old. I don't know how to talk in front of people. And people that I don't know, these all strangers I just met on the day. And he just says, go, and looks at me. Can you imagine? He just says, go, and looks at me, right? So now I have to scramble. I haven't prepared a speech. I don't know what I'm supposed to say to these guys. But I said something, I rambled off something about how it was an honor to be here and thank you so much for being here and it was an honor to be here and, and we're so honored that we're here and it's a really big honor for us to play here and have honor with the team and play to this team today. It's a real big honor. Thank you for the honor of being, I just rambled on and on about honor. It's all I remember about this speech. 
But the big thing about the speech is I remember just feeling so, so unprepared for this moment. And after this amazing, you know, 35-second speech about honor that I gave, we went off and played this game and immediately got smashed like 9-0. We got destroyed by these guys, absolutely destroyed. At one point, the coach pulled me out and put a different goalkeeper in who wasn't even a goalkeeper. He got smashed as well, so he put me back in. I got smashed again. It was rough. It was rough days. But I'll never forget this experience. I'll never forget it. T to this day, I remember feeling so unprepared. And I have that question for you today. You can imagine it's coming. Have you ever felt unprepared for what you are facing? Maybe you find yourself in a situation or maybe you got yourself into a situation and all of a sudden you feel unprepared, you feel unqualified, you just don't know why you're there or what you should do while you're there. That's exactly how I felt. And if you feel that way today, then this message is for you. And so for a second, let's just pray together. Lord Jesus, we ask you today that you would come and fill every single one of us. Lord, for every person watching at home, for every person watching at one of our campuses, I pray you open our hearts to you today, that you would speak only your word. I ask, Lord Jesus, that you would visit us, you would open up our hearts, and you would teach us today something that's for us from your beautiful word. We ask for that in Jesus' name. And everybody says, amen, amen. All right, so check it out. Our scripture today comes from the first letter that Paul wrote to the Corinthian church, 1 Corinthians. It was written to a young, immature but growing church. They were immature in their ways. And so Paul writes to this church because he needs to put some things in order. He needs to get some things out of the way so that this church can grow correctly. Paul needed to say, you know, this is how we do things. This is the way you need to think and act and be because you're growing and great things are happening, and God's got a beautiful plan for you, but you need to grow right. You need to grow straight. And if you didn't know it, Paul was real good at roasting people. He really, he really, really was, right? He was so good at roasting people. And it's awesome because he was the apostle of grace, right? He's the one that teaches us our security and our safety and our stability in Christ, the peace and rest that comes through the gospel of grace and the gospel of peace. But when he needs to put someone in their place, he knows just when to do it, the right time, the right place, and he's not afraid to do it. And he does just that when he opens this letter. You see, you and I, we put a lot of stock in people, a lot of stock in people. We put stock in leaders. We put stock in pastors, in parents. We put a lot of stock in other people. We put so much stock in ourselves. But the reality is we are not the center of the story. And this is something that Paul needed to get across to the church at Corinth. And he starts by addressing this leader idea. If you read in 1 Corinthians, you'll see he just, he starts off, he says, I thank God for you, bless you, but I've got something to say, right? And he says to these, these awesome young 
this awesome young church, these, these believers, these young believers in Christ, he says to them that there is dissension between you. Some of you are saying you are of Paul, that you follow me. Some of you are saying, forget Paul, we are of Apollos, or we are of Cephas, or we are of Christ. And there is just no unity in this church. And everyone is pitting person against person, leader against leader, as if the leaders are what the real thing is about, as if people is what it's all about. And Paul is saying, don't do that. You were not baptized in my name. You were not saved by me. You were not saved by Paul. You were saved by Jesus. And so immediately, right at the outset, he says, you know what, I've got to get this straight with you. It's not about which leader you follow, because it's not about people. It's about Jesus. So instead of setting your eyes and your heart on which leader you follow, set it on Jesus. Keep the main thing the main thing. And then Paul goes on to address you and me, right? And this is where the roast really, really happens. And you just have to take a minute here and you just have to receive what he has to say. Because at the end of Paul's talk, no one here has any ability to, to be proud or to be arrogant. He's going to humble every single one of us. But it's beautiful. And I pray that you will see it here. So let's read the scripture together. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26 to 31. This is where the roast starts. And uh, listen carefully or you'll miss it. Verse 26 says this. Brothers and sisters, that's you and that's me. Think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many of you were influential. And not many of you were of noble birth. What is Paul saying? He's saying, think about yourself. Not a lot of us are actually smart, wise, intelligent academics. Not all of us are the smartest in the room. Not all of us are these great leaders. Think about yourself. Not all of us were of noble birth. In fact, maybe none of us are those elite people. Check this out, verse 27. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. So check this out. Paul is saying, you and I, you know what, think about who you are and who you were when you were called by Christ. You weren't much. Me, I'm not much. This church, us, you we're not much. We don't have much to give. We don't have much to offer. We're not influential. We're not big names in this world. We're not kings and queens. We're not CEOs of massive companies. We're just people. We don't have much to offer. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. What is Paul saying? God is choosing those who are not the best picture, the best answer. He chooses those who are not the elites in order to shame the elites. Verse 28, God chose the lowly things of this world, that's you and me, the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are. Verse 21, so that no one may boast before him. Check this out. Paul is humbling every one of us. Every time we start to get a big head to start thinking, you know what, I'm kind of a big deal. 
You know, I'm a big deal in my workplace. I'm a big deal in my friend group. I'm a big deal in the church. Immediately, God wants to tell us, you know what? It's not about people. It's not about the leaders. It's not about what you can do. But you know what? I chose you. Not because you were elite, but because you are not. Not because you were great, but because you are lowly. And I will use the lowly things of this world, the despised things, the things that are not, to nullify the things that are. Why? Why does God do this? So that no one may boast before him. No one can boast. No one can be arrogant. No one can say, look what I have built. Look what I have done. Look at the ministry I've built. Look at this thing that I've done. No one can say that. Because God is the one who builds. Let's read together verse 30. It is because of him that you are in Christ Jesus, because of God, who has become for us wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, our holiness, and our redemption. Therefore it is written, let, no one, let, let the one who boasts boast in the Lord. And this is my big idea. Come on, focus in with me. I don't know where you currently find yourself. I don't know where you feel unprepared. I don't know where you feel unqualified to be where you are. Maybe you're in a marriage and you feel like you have no idea what you're doing. You're in this thing and you can't get out of it and you have no idea how to make it happen. Maybe in your workplace, in your job, maybe you are completely unprepared for what's going on. Maybe there's promotion coming your way. Maybe there's something that's on offer to you, but you have no idea how to do it, how to make it happen. Maybe you're feeling unprepared right now. Maybe in relationships, you feel unprepared. Maybe in church, you feel unprepared. Maybe you feel unqualified. This is my message to you today. I don't know where you find yourself, but God is saying to you today that even when you feel unprepared, even when you feel unqualified, He puts you there. Check this out. You need to realize something. You and I, we need to realize something. We didn't choose our road, even though we think we did. We never chose our road. God chose to lead you down this path. When he thought of that marriage, when he thought of that job, that position, the thing that's in your life, when he thought of that, he didn't choose the best of the best. He didn't choose the one who'd be perfect at it. He didn't choose the one that everyone else thought would be the perfect one for that job, for that marriage. He didn't choose the perfect one. He chose you. God chose you. Come on, do you get that today? God chose you. Come on, that's the title of my sermon today. You can write it down. God chose you. That is huge. Come on, church. Just think about that for a second. He chose you. He could have chosen anyone else. He could have chosen the best husband or the best wife, the person who knows how to serve their husband or their wife, who knows how to be just the best and most perfect wife or most perfect husband. He could have chose them and put those people together, but he didn't. He chose you. He chose you, and that means you're perfect for the job. 
in your workplace or in your career or in your business. You think it's you who chose that job, who applied for that job? No, God led you there. God chose you. And that means you are the perfect person for the job. Here's what you got to see. God allows you and I to be in situations that we don't feel prepared for so that we can lean on him. That we can lean on the strength that Jesus gives us. God doesn't put us in situations so that we can sink. He doesn't put us in situations so that we can fall to pieces. He doesn't put us in situations so that he can break us. And some of you might be feeling that way. You might be feeling like, you know what, in my job, I'm trying my best, but I'm really not making it. You know what, God, in my marriage, as a parent, you've given me this beautiful child, and I feel like I'm messing the whole thing up. I feel like I can't get it right. You know what, I felt that way, standing there in front of that community as a 10-year-old boy, trying to speak to them whatever words I could make up at that time. And I felt, you know what, I'm just failing. Maybe that's how you feel today. I'm just failing. You know what, no how much I try, I'm just failing. I'm not making it. What I need you to know is that God chose you. He chose you right now. He chose you in your circumstance. He chose you exactly for this time. And there's no one who can do it better than you. Why? Because he wants you to lean on him for your strength, for your ability to get yourself into that quiet place, to seek God for his strength, for his guidance, for his leadership. And in that space, something amazing happens. You see, when Paul spoke to that Corinthian church, he knew that something amazing was coming. He knew that that small, growing, immature church was going to be something that impacted the entire world for generations to come, and they needed to grow straight. And in these moments, when we feel unprepared, when we feel unqualified, when it doesn't make sense, it's in these moments that God is preparing us for that great thing to come, that our, from now until that moment, we will lean on his strength. We will lean on his ability instead of our own. And in these moments, he alone gets the glory that no one can boast. You see, this way, no one gets to boast about how they made it here, about how they made it here themselves. No one gets to boast about what they built. No one gets to boast about how great they are. Because we don't choose our path, God chooses us. Even when we think we're choosing the, the, the way, God is the one choosing the way for us. And you know what? In that moment when I was a young guy, God was using that moment to show me that even in the hardest moments, when you feel unprepared and you do it wrong, and no one's impressed, and you lose 9-0, and everything's going wrong, and you're the captain of the ship, you're the captain of the team, and you got nothing left to say. There's nothing left. He is still faithful to you. You know what? We had that, that, that game and those couple of matches, and we got smashed, but we, we, we grew as a team. We grew together through that failure. And we ended up going on to play all kinds of games and tournaments. And we did well and we struggled sometimes. But you know what? We were a team. And those experiences shaped us. 
And in the same way, God is faithful to you. Every experience you go through shapes you. It molds you for what is to come. You didn't choose your path. God chose you. That means you're the perfect person for the job. It also means that his grace is enough for you. And I'm talking to every person that feels unqualified, unprepared, and feels like they're just letting the whole team down. Maybe you feel like you're letting your spouse down, letting your family down, letting your kids down, letting your church down. Right now, I'm talking to you. God built you, and he chose you. And today, all you got to do is let him strengthen you. See, the answer to this moment, the answer that the Corinthian church needed is to stop looking to others to lead them, to stop looking to themselves to try and build something great, and to look to God to empower them to be who God has called them to be. And God is saying the same thing to you today. When you feel unprepared, when you feel like it doesn't make sense, right now, it's time to let go of control. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's just about him. We can lean on him. Lean on his strength. His grace is sufficient for us. And grace is a gift. It's something that God gives us. So today, if you're feeling that way, I want to pray a prayer for you. I'll be honest with you, church. I feel that way almost every day. (laughs) Working for this amazing church, building God's kingdom as best as I know how, as best as we know how, I feel unprepared every day. Every time I get on this stage to bring a word or to minister through song, I don't feel like I've prepared. I don't feel like I have what it takes to make this happen. I have to lean on God every time. And some of you are in that place right now. You need to lean on God every time. You don't have a choice. But I'm telling you today, that's not a bad place to be. Because when we lean on Him, we get God's results. Not our results, but his results. And so I want to pray for you today. If that's you and you need just God to strengthen you, remind you that it's okay. It's okay not to be perfect. God wants to remind you today that he chose you. And if he chose you, you are the perfect person for the job. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, we come to you today. We ask you, Holy Spirit, that you would fill us again with your strength. Fill us again with your ability and your anointing, Lord God. Lord, some of us are tired and weary. We've been trying. We've been doing everything that we can to make it happen. Lord, we can't. We can't make it happen without you. And so right now, Holy Spirit, we ask that you would come and strengthen us. Remind us it's not about us, that even though we are We are not the best person for the job according to this world. We are the best person for the job according to you. And so we put our faith in you. We put our trust in you. And we ask that you would lead us and guide us in this next journey. I pray for fathers and mothers that you would remind them that they are good mothers and fathers because you empower them to be. I pray for husbands and wives right now. I pray for those marriages where there are fights, where there are struggles, where it is intense right now. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you remind that wife right now that she is the perfect wife because of you. And she doesn't have to match up 
She doesn't have to be perfect, but you have chosen her. I, I pray you remind that husband that he is the husband you want him to be by your grace, by your empowerment. And I pray for every person who feels unqualified, unprepared right now, that Lord Jesus, you will show them that you have made them and they are the perfect person for the job. In Jesus' name.